I'm so excited that you took the time to join us on the next episode of Beyond the Culture. This is the show where we embrace change and challenge cultural norms and ideals. I'm your host, Dr. David M. Walker. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Culture. Now, today I'm doing things a little different. I'm doing the show solo. Usually I have a guest that I interview, but this season, on occasion, I'm going to take the pilot's chair and fly all by myself. Every now and then, I want you to hear my voice and my opinion on the issues in the sports community. So I have a few things I want to talk about. So let's go. Brittany Griner. Now, many of you have heard what's going on with Brittany. You know, Brittany is a 6'9 center for the WNBA Phoenix Mercury. She won the WNBA championship in 2012 with Phoenix. She's a seven-time All-Star. She's a two-time Olympic gold medal winner. She won an NCAA championship back in 2010 with the Baylor Lady Bears. But on February the 17th, Brittany was detained by the Russian government. She was going through the airport and she was going through a security check. And of course, they checked her bags and allegedly Brittany had vape cartridges containing marijuana concentrate hash oil. And in Russia, it is a criminal offense that could carry a 10 year prison sentence. So Brittany has been detained in Russia ever since uh, February. So the question is, what was Griner doing in Russia? Well, Griner is one of about 70 WNBA players who compete internationally. She was among uh, about a dozen or so players who were playing in Ukraine and Russia. And all of those players who were there, they, they, they've gone home and they're going back to their home country. But everyone except for Brittany. So why do players uh, play internationally? Well, it's all about the money. You see, the WNBA only has a base salary of about $60,000. And it is reported that Griner's salary over in Russia is a million dollars a year. So that's why she was there. But of course, she was coming through the, the security system and they said that she had the marijuana. Now, what is America doing about it? Well, recently it has been reported that someone from the State Department has gone to see Brittany and they said she is in good condition and we will continue to do everything we can to see to it that she is treated fairly without or throughout this ordeal. Some Congress people have gotten involved, too. You know, Brittany is from Texas, so uh, Texas Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee she had something to say. She said, if there's challenges and concerns about her actions, it should be dealt with diplomatically and she should be released. But there's a problem here. And it comes down to this. It comes down to the fact that America and Russia are not on good diplomatic terms. Uh, one representative said our diplomatic relationships with Russia are non-existent at the moment. And that's the problem. We have a poor relationship 
with Russia. Now, the sports world has been ablaze. And I, and I heard an interesting conversation the other day on the podcast, I Am Athlete with Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson. Um, they had Lisa Leslie on the show, and, and Lisa is a three-time WNBA MVP, a four-time Olympic gold medalist. She played 11 seasons in the WNBA with the Los Angeles Sparks. She was inducted into both the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Both were in 2015. So Lisa was on the show, and I want to tell you what she said, and I quote uh, Lisa here. She says, what we were told, and again, this is all sort of passed along through hearsay, but what we were told was to not make a big fuss about it so that they could not use her as a pawn, so to speak, uh, in this situation in the war. But she went on further to say, so to make it like it's not that important or don't make it where we're like free Britney. And we start this campaign and then it becomes something that they can use. One ESPN investigative reporter, TJ Quinn said, people around Britney and the U.S. government know that if you make too big a deal of it here, you not only risk bringing attention to it, but you add value to her as an asset. And I think what they're trying to do, or at least trying to say is that they don't want to uh, put Brittany where she her life is in more danger. So what's the conclusion? Brittany is not scheduled to be released until May the 19th. So the questions are, how hard should the U.S. barter or at least petition for her release? Should this alleged drug crime be handled by the Russian government or should Brittany face drug charges here in America? Well, there's one thing that most should say. We think it's time to free Britain. NIL. This term you may not be familiar with. NIL stands for name, image and likeness. In a recent report by Missy Heindrich in the nexthoops.com, she explains how this phenomenon is affecting women's sports. For decades, student athletes had to sit in meetings with the rules police. That's the athletic department compliance staff and given strict instructions to what you can and mostly cannot do well beyond questions of name, image and likeness. They were told you cannot take meals or rides or money from boosters. You do not let someone pay for your gas or car wash at the local station in town. You cannot take a discount or free food at your favorite pizza place that isn't offered to all customers. And if someone pays you to babysit, it has to be comparable to what they pay student athlete. Being a division one student athlete comes with restrictions set by the NCAA, which has also always been tasked with governing its membership protecting amateurism and setting the standards so all programs are on equal footing where performance on the field or the court would be the deciding factor. However, things started to change in the early 2000s. Former UCLA men's basketball player Ed O'Bannon and others filed a class action federal lawsuit against the NCAA 
over whether student athletes should be compensated for use of their names, images, and likenesses in broadcasts and video games. This narrative shifted when state legislators and governors across the country began taking interest passing laws that allow student athletes in their states to personally benefit from billions of dollars generated each year by college athletics. There has been a strong momentum on the federal level as well, including hearings in the U.S. Senate about enacting federal NIL laws. In June of 2021, the Supreme Court ended a class action lawsuit which ruled in favor of the athletes. The NCAA then announced that student athletes would be able to make money off of their NIL without losing their eligibility. On July 1st, Haley and Hannah Cavender, twin sisters who play on the Fresno State women's basketball team, showcased their NIL on a New York City Times Square digital billboard. They signed a lucrative deal with Boost Mobile based on their massive social media following, which includes over 500,000 combined followers on TikTok and over 250,000 each on Instagram. And those numbers are growing every day. The NCAA laid out basically two guidelines as it relates to NIL. There is to be no pay for play and NIL cannot be used as a recruiting inducement. After that, it has been left up to each institution to set their own policies in accordance with their state law, if one exists. The consensus is that female student athletes can do very well in the world of NIL deals because so much of it is based upon social media influence. It is their ability to leverage followers on all social media platforms and capitalize on it. It can be anything from fashion to car dealerships to energy drinks to cameo appearances on a smartphone. Women athletes across the country can have their own instructional camps under their own name and finally keep the profits for themselves. NIL deals are also not just limited to individual student athletes. Businesses, large and small, are seeing the opportunity to sign entire teams to deals where you can then have a critical mass of players engage with a company and or product. The University of Central Florida women's basketball team became the first in this new era to sign a one-year full-team NIL deal with college hunks hauling and moving. Each player on the roster will receive money, for promoting the company on their social media and have chances to earn more through commissions. No matter what happens in the next year or the next five years, the narrative has shifted in women's college athletics. So we might as well get used to it. It is no longer about saying no, but looking at that restaurant in a town as a business opportunity and asking how can women benefit from NIL? The entrepreneurial spirit that is so often fostered in college can now open doors to immediate financial success for all women student athletes. Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson. I want to take the final few minutes of this episode and the last few hours of Women's History Month 
to have a comment on the recent nomination and Senate hearing of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, who now holds the prestigious honor of being the first black woman nominated for the Supreme Court. I'm sure some of you are asking, well, what Judge Jackson and her nomination and hearing has to do with sports? Well, the way the hearing went, you could say it was nothing but a game of political football between Democrat and Republican senators. You could also say that the hearings were like a marathon. Okay, well, I'll say it. The hearings were like a marathon. But here is where sports may come into play concerning Judge Jackson. At the hearing, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, asked Judge Jackson, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Judge Jackson answered, no, I can't. Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. Now, you might think that that question should be an easy one to answer, especially for a person vying for a seat on the Supreme Court. And you're right, unless you are avoiding taking a position because the question could be proposed in one form or another in a legal case before the court. This week, transgender woman swimmer Leah Thomas won the NCAA championship in the 500-yard freestyle. Many celebrated Leah's accomplishment as a transgender athlete. Others, on the other hand, felt there was an unfair advantage for the athlete against her competitors. This episode was not designed for me at this time to take a position on this issue, but it was designed to acknowledge that if Judge Jackson is confirmed to the high court, she may have to have an opinion for the record. Congratulations, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Your appointment as the first black woman justice shows you have gone beyond the culture. Take care. Now, if you want to continue to hear inspiring interviews like the one you heard today, I want you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform. Also, rate the show and please leave a comment. I would also love it if you would share this podcast with your friends to let them know that we're on. Finally, you can email me at beyondtheculturepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This is your host, Dr. David M. Walker, and we'll talk again on Beyond the Culture. Take care.